So we're here this morning in the KZSM studio in downtown San Marcos, 104.1 FM. And we are the wonderful world radio show that uh, is river-oriented. River issues are what we cover. And today we have a wonderful guest who is a second-timer. She was here last month, but there was so much great news to impart, we didn't get to finish everything. And so we have Virginia Parker, Executive Director of the San Marcos River Foundation, with us today. And uh, I don't think we need to cover your background since you've told everybody that last month. But uh, let's talk about the recent wonderful real estate transaction that closed that has been so long in coming. Well, thanks for having me, Diane. I'm happy to be here. Um, 2023 was certainly exciting for the River Foundation. We are so excited for the community in thanks to the Hayes County Parks and Open Space Bond, yes. which took a lot of voters. And um, it's clear that people value open space and conservation. Um, so we're, we're grateful to all the voters out there that voted for that. But before we talk about what happened with the Owl Bluff piece of property, do you want to give the backstory on the Geiger track? Well, maybe we should. I'll just very briefly say when I was executive director of the San Marcos River Foundation, uh, Dr. Gwen Smith, a beloved member of the community who lived into her 90s, uh, bequeathed upon her uh, passing some money to the River Foundation, and um, the board tried to figure out what we should do that would have lasting impact for the community from Gwen's bequest, and um, they decided to make a land fund, and that would be used for the expenses that come along when you try to buy parkland. You have to do appraisals and surveys and that sort of thing, and so the, the board set that aside specifically earmarked for that and about that time I would say about 14 or 15 years ago um, there was a weird situation that popped up I mean we did not instigate this but a landowner Paul Geiger outside of San Marcos on Limekill and Hilliard area he noticed that uh, he had denied these developers the right to cross his property with a road, and they had to have a road to make their subdivision work, and they owned the Windermere Ranch. And um, then he noticed all of a sudden that while he was talking to the city of San Marcos about a wastewater line crossing his property, and I must tell you that his property had a little stick, a narrow driveway that was owned, fee simple, because Mr. McCoy of McCoy's Lumber, Emmett McCoy, had insisted years ago when he bought this small tract that he wanted to have the entry road, not an easement, but owned. And so he set that up years ago, never knowing that it would lead to all this. And then... Um, all of a sudden, Mr. Geiger noticed that the width of what the city wanted to use eminent domain on to condemn his land 
was wider than you would need for a wastewater line, which is what they had been talking to him about. And he thought it was probably connected because it was the same spot that the developers wanted to put their road on. So he brought all that info to us, and we had Bill Bunch look at it. And um, we decided that there was something funny going on. Now, I have to tell you, this is not the kind of thing that the city of San Marcos would do these days. This was 15 years ago. Different people. Mm -hmm. And um, they were apparently working with the developer to get the land the developer needed for his road. And you can't use eminent domain for a developer like that. So Bill helped us find the best eminent domain attorney in Texas, he told us. And we consulted with him, and he said, you can't do that. And so we just went to a city council meeting and stood up and said, this is what's going on among your staff, and we are going to defend Mr. Geiger because this is very bad for the river and Spring Lake. And so that whole thing was immediately dropped. And Mr. Geiger held on to the land for several years, and then he said, you know, I'd like to sell this piece of land to y'all because I don't really want to be in the position of having to defend it all the time, and I don't need it, and uh, I'll make you a good deal. And so we used Gwen Smith's money for the first time to acquire, um, to do the, the due diligence to be able to acquire that property, which was 75 acres owned by Mr. Geiger. And we got a loan. Bill Bunch told us about the conservation fund, which lends to nonprofit groups that are trying to defend rivers and so on with buying land. And so we bought, the River Foundation bought that tract with a loan from the conservation fund. And then we thought we would quickly be able to sell it to the city or county for parkland. It didn't work out like that. And we worked many years to see if the neighboring Windermere Ranch, which was now owned by somebody else, would like to do that if we put a conservation easement on it. Would they like to own it? And we came very close to closing a couple of times on that, and they backed out at the last minute. And so um, this, we got busy with other tracts of land um, many different people came to us then and asked if we would help them put conservation easements on their land. And so we got busy with the Millican Ranch and Elsick and all these other places, and we just couldn't pay off the conservation fund because we hadn't sold the Geiger tract. So at that point, uh, we had an angel investor, a woman who was willing to help, and she took on the loan, and we paid off the conservation fund. And this is, this is going on for years and years and years. And uh, then I finally had to retire. I couldn't finish the deal. Though I finished many other deals, I couldn't finish that one. And that's the point at which you came on as um, four years ago as the ED. Yeah. So what happened then? Okay. Well, before I tell you all what happened then... Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the map, um, something that's really important to know about the location of both Windermere Farms and the Geiger Tract is that they both sit along Sink Creek, 
while Sink Creek shoots straight into Spring Lake. So when we're talking about water quality for the headwaters of the San Marcos River, it is critical, critical land. So it wasn't like you didn't just love the idea of a dense development. It was the location of that future development that was going to be problematic. I mean, and that development was going to be quite dense. Yeah. I mean, you talk about rooftops, cars, driveways, all that running off into the creek and then to Spring Lake. It would have been a nightmare. Okay, so when I first took the job of executive director, I knew that this was my primary top goal, was to finish up the conservation easement for the Geiger Tract. So that 75 acres has so many karst recharge features on it, which allows stormwater to flow down in the aquifer instead of running off and increasing flooding. Uh, we want, you know, that pure water to get into the aquifer, not only for drinking water for over 2 million people in Central Texas, but also for the health of our river and springs. So we too had um, several people interested in buying the acreage, but then they backed out. So, all, you know, all of those propositions and then backing out and surveys and appraisals, all that takes so much time. So and money and money, so much money, um, which we are happy to do. Um, but finally we found these two, uh, conservation buyers that were so excited about the Geiger tract. But at that same time, the neighbor who now owns Windermere farm said, you know, I've got this other 75 acres that you might be interested in literally on the other side of sink Creek that I would trade you that 75 acres for the Geiger tract and we can put conservation easements on both of those, which then took that original 75 acres for the Geiger tract and would double the conservation value. Um, which is important because this is all recharge zone. Oh, it's yeah. all covered with cars. Yeah, it's super important to the springs and river. Not only that, but the Windermere Farms owner had put a conservation on his land, uh, conservation easement, which means that he still owns the land, but he has limits to which he can develop it, which was the whole purpose in the first place, right? So we've got limited development on this really sensitive, important land. So that's about 200 acres on Windermere Farms. Then you've got the Geiger Tract, which is 75 acres which then, you know, was owned by Windermere Farms, um, but conserved. Mm -hmm. And now we owned this new tract of land, which was even more spectacular in my, my opinion, because when you walk it, it's just fabulous. The views. The, the views over Sink Creek are incredible, and the karst features are everywhere. So now we're holding this piece of acreage, that is not conserved, not owned, and we still are paying interest on it. So <laughs> we're going on like eight years at this point <gasps> of interest accruing debt. And um, when we learned that the Parks and Open Space Bond was going to happen, we submitted a proposal to the Parks and Open Space uh, committee, which we call the POSAC committee, right. to rank our project. And our project consisted of two pieces of, of land. One was the ELSIC tract, which I talked about last time. That was the 102 acre piece of sensitive karst recharge zone land um, that was held 
by some lovely conservation buyers until something permanent could occur. Um, and then the second piece was the partial payment of the conservation easement on the Owl Bluff land. Because I think something that a lot of people, at least when I started this job, I didn't quite understand conservation easements. They're, they're amazing financial opportunities for people that love their land and care about the future of that land. Because, you know, we're all going to pass away at some point. You want to know that, that this piece of property that you have this strong connection to is going to be handled with care in the way that you handle it, right? And so a conservation easement is great because not only does it allow you to state exactly how you intend to have that property treated forever, but it gives tax benefits to the buyers. Now we're a nonprofit, so we didn't receive those no. tax benefits, which means that when you place a conservation easement on your property, the potential for development is gone, which means the value at which you can sell that property is much lower. So we lost 50% of the sales price when we sold Owl Bluff with a conservation easement on it. But in time, that can increase. That value can oh, increase yeah. a lot. Yeah. Hmm. So if you're a landowner and you sit on that land for 10, 20 years, the loss in value, you know, with the way prices have, have risen over the past decade or two, that really is a moot point, right? And people value land that is preserved much more than land that has some deteriorating apartment complex on it. Right, totally. So very long story short, in December of 2023, so last month, um, you know, over the past two years, we were ranked very highly with the POSAC committee. And so ELSIC was purchased by the county for parks and open space. Um, knowing that the trail would be put on there uh, by the county. And then uh, partial payment for this Owl Bluff conservation easement was paid so that we could pay back everybody that we owed money to for the past 10 years of this land conservation Well, the deal. good news is land, our land increased in value over the 10 years, yep. and that helped cover some of the interest. It did. Let's finish talking about this after our break here. We'll be back. And you are listening to KZSM LPFM 104.1, San Marcos, Texas, 78666. And Wonderful World is a... Uh, the views expressed on Wonderful World are those of the hosts and the guests and not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTXCRA. We're going to be right back after this break. The LBJ Museum of San Marcos and the LBJ Debate Society invite you to the 2024 LBJ Museum Benefit Gala to be held on Saturday, January 20th, 2024, beginning at 6.30 p.m. at the LBJ Student Center Grand Ballroom at the Texas State University, featuring guest speaker, U.S. Presidential Historian Douglas Brinkley. Douglas Brinkley is the Catherine Sanoff Brown Chair in Humanities and Professor of History at Rice University, a CNN Presidential Historian, and a contributing editor at Vanity Fair. Having received seven honorary doctorates in American Studies, Brinkley works in many capacities in the world of public history, including for boards, museums, colleges, and historical societies. Six of his books were named New York Times Notable Books of the Year, 
and seven became New York Times bestsellers. For more information, reservations, and ticket information, please visit our webpage at the lbjmuseum.com events page and click on Reserve Your Experience. We hope to see you there. And we're back at Wonderful World, the radio show here at KZSM 104.1 FM. And we have Virginia Parker, ED of the San Marcos River Foundation with us. And we've just covered the incredible quadrupling or more of the acreage that the original Geiger tract was that has now all been conserved. And to add to that, there are trail easements on all of this to complete the loop around San Marcos. Tell us about that. So what's really exciting, you know, the San Marcos River Foundation is not a trail building group, but we know that trails are important to give people an opportunity to get outside, go exercise, but more importantly, to connect with nature. I mean, people are not going to conserve what they don't understand and have a real connection with. So um, luckily, you know, Smurf, along with the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance and a lot of partners, valued the idea of this contiguous 18-mile trail loop around the city of San Marcos. All of San Marcos. All of San Marcos. So when you talk about all the work that you've, you know, you did during your tenure at Smurf and then, you know, what I've gotten to pick up, we now have a complete Greenbelt corridor around the city that will enable us to have an 18 mile trail loop connecting city property, county property, and in some cases, like Windermere Farms, the River Foundation holds a private trail easement on it in order to open it up for future use. It can't be used now. No, it's not open right now. Um, Obviously that too is gonna take some money and some time. Um, We also have to, you know, the city owns property that they have not opened up to the public, but the goal is in the future that that will occur. I hope in my lifetime. I think it will. I'm, I'm pretty confident. But, um, you know, we've got these private trail easements that hopefully we can connect into the bigger picture. But what's occurring right now is, as everyone who is listening has noticed, the, the construction on I-35 has impacted all of us. But something exciting is coming from that. And so do you wanna kinda talk about the history of the connection of the east side of San Marcos to the west side and how important and how you kinda discovered that that was necessary? Well, for decades, the River Foundation and the city have been advocating to TxDOT that we have got to have a safe connection under I-35 because children were running across the feeder roads where cars are going 50 and 60 miles an hour to get to the river parks. It was an unconscionable, you know, problem. And so uh, finally, with this construction job that we all hate, they have completed raising the feeder roads and uh, connecting the east side of 35 around the river underneath both the feeder roads and I-35 and connecting right where that little turnaround used to be Mm -hmm. that was near the tourist 
building, mm-hmm. uh, tourist center. Um, that visitors. is visitor center. It is now completed because I walked it the other day. I parked over on Cape Road by the Woods Apartments that are now called Red Point, mm-hmm. I think. And there's a little parking lot there on Cape Road. And I walked all the way on that sidewalk through the park along the backside of Red Point Apartments all the way to the feeder road. And you you don't have to cross the feeder road anymore. You can go under it. And so, um, but it's not open formally. And so I think kids are probably already using it, which is much safer than what, what? they used to do. Mm-hmm. But um, if there's construction going on at the moment, if the guys are working, I was there on a weekend, uh, it might not be safe. But it ends up near the tourist center. And I don't know whether they're going to run the sidewalk behind the tourist center along the riverbank or if they're going to lead them to the sidewalk in front of I, I don't know yet. But it's done, and that opens us up for the next stretch that the River Foundation got a grant for. So, yeah, so that's going to be really exciting. We signed a grant agreement with Texas Parks and Wildlife Department last year, and so we've started... Um, in cooperation with the Edwards Aquifer Habitat Conservation Plan, you know, they have the capability of removing invasive species, uh, which include tree species. I mean, we need healthy roots along the San Marcos River and its tributaries in order to prevent sediment runoff, um, which would impact water quality. And so they are in the process with many, many volunteers. So if you have ever volunteered with them, thank you so much. Um, But they are removing invasive species along where we plan to create a trail between Dunbar City Park and the intersection of Hunter and Wonderworld. Along Purgatory Creek. mm -hmm. And that is in conjunction with a project that the city's doing right now, which is a flood mitigation project. There are two phases to the city's project. The first phase uh, goes from approximately Dunbar City Park all the way to the river. And they're trying to create more volume to where when there are major flood events along Purgatory Creek, less buildings will be flooded. And then phase two is that upper portion between Dunbar City Park and Hunter Wonderworld. And so um, we're creating a trail where they with your will, grant with our grant um in the city's phase two flood mitigation project but we're building it n- not close to where they'll be excavating to create that volume for well flood they're flood. gonna create the capacity for more volume of water by digging out the creek right that is closer to the river so that it won't overflow its banks right so much but This is a beginning of what will be the most important segment of the trail along Purgatory because it will connect the east side of I-35 and all the neighborhoods in San Marcos with all of these recharge zone trails. Right. It's, It's just phenomenal that this is happening. I never thought it would happen in 10 years you know, the, the acquisition of the property. So now all that's left is building the trails. That's right. So 
this is a five-year grant. I don't want people listening to think that this is going to occur right. immediately. Trails take time. We all know that. Um, the city is is um, in the process of trying to acquire a trail easement through part of the section where we'll be building the trail. So this isn't going to happen overnight, obviously, but we are really excited, excited to get it started. Um, you know, like you said, it's going to connect all sorts of different areas of town where people can ride their bikes to go, you know, run an errand instead of getting in their car and, and going somewhere. Or so, get to schools yeah. or go shopping. Yep. I mean, it's just wonderful. And volunteers will be used to help build the trail with Greenbelt Alliance, mm -hmm. um, the the trail that will, the section from Dunbar to Wonderworld that the River Foundation got a grant for, the Greenbelt Alliance guys are trained and great at building trails they do it all the time and so they're they're going to help get that built and individuals can go volunteer be trained and volunteer because they're big on safety yep they got to train you and then uh it's just it's it's grassy a lot of it it's going to need a lot of maintenance like weed eating and so on and the greenbelt alliance does a lot of maintenance and they always need guys with weed eaters or girls yeah i've got a weed eater yeah me too and so uh i'm really excited <coughs> about the opportunities for people being involved in their neighborhood right. in their own trail well, and if anyone listening is excited about the idea of volunteering for something like that, feel free to sign up for the River Foundation newsletter. We put volunteer opportunities at the bottom of our newsletter. We only send one or two out a month. We try not to, you know, overwhelm people and, you know, we don't want to be unsubscribed. So you can go to sanmarcusriver.org and sign up for our newsletter. It's free. Um, and we'll, we'll be listing all those volunteer opportunities for you. So we're really excited. Well, thank you. And congratulations on closing that deal December the 30th. What a happy day it was oh, for yes. you and for me <laughs> and everybody in the community. And um, please, listeners, um, tune in on the fourth Tuesday of every month where you will hear the Greenbelt Trails people uh, doing the same show, Wonderful World, so that you can uh, hear more about what's going on with their trail work and maintenance. Yeah, we love those guys right. and gals. See trees of green and red roses too. I see them bloom. Follow me and you I think to myself What a wonderful world See skies of blue and clouds of white Bright blessed days and those dark